Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We've been in 2 Corinthians talking about senses and the soul. We're talking about vision today. And we're specifically, we talked about that last week, we talked about being seen. But today we're going to talk about what you see and how important it is and how impactful it is what you're looking at and what you see. Um, We all know that what you look at can be pretty impactful. Think about in a positive way. If you see your family and you haven't seen them in a long time or... uh, some of you, uh, you got a grandkid, and you get to see your grandkid. Or maybe it's as simple as seeing a sunset or the mountains or something like that, like that we see, and it just has such a profound effect on our life in a positive way. Well, the same is true for things that have a negative effect on us. I mean, when we look at problems, you can imagine if a big tree's fallen on your house or, or your house is burnt to the ground or, or all kinds of trouble that you and I see right in front of us, and there's these massive problems. Sometimes what you're seeing is a text message, and you're reading that thing, and you're going, ugh. Right? And, and, and whatever you are looking at, whatever you're seeing, uh, has a huge effect on your life. Our theme verse has been about the power of God and our weakness. Our theme verse has been 2 Corinthians 12, 9 which says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul responded and said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Would you read that last verse with me, that last sentence? We're going to start with, I will boast. Will you read that with me? I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. We've talked about this, that my strength is not enough. My strength will fail me. But the Lord, His strength uh, is more than enough. So our focus scripture today is in chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you want to turn there, I want to share with you from there. And, um, And Paul says, starts talking about this treasure. This wonderful thing. We'll talk about that more, about what that is in a little bit. But he says in verse 7 that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So let's pause right there. The jars of clay he's talking about is you and me. You and, you and I. We're jars of clay. A, a clay jar is a very fragile thing. Like... It, it can do wonderful things. It can be decorative. It can hold water. It can hold a plant. It can do all these things. But if you knock it over and if it falls far enough uh, on a hard enough surface, it's going to break in a, into a bunch of pieces really quickly and easily uh, because that's what a clay jar is. And so they used a lot of clay jars in their time. And everybody knows how fragile a clay jar is. And he's talking about having this great treasure but it's in a jar of clay. And he's like, you, that, you and I are the weak, fragile thing. And he says, but we do this. The reason God puts this great treasure into this clay jar is so that we can understand that this power that I'm trying to talk to you about, 
it's not you, it's not from us, it's from God. He said, that's what I want you to know about. Now the problem is, we have so much stuff going on in our life that we feel overwhelmed at times. Sometimes it's by the, the, the greatness of what it is in front of me. Like it's so big and it's such a huge problem that it's just weighing me down. Sometimes it's the piling up of things, right? And there's so many things. And now there's one more, and there, now there's one more. And how am I ever going to deal with this? And sometimes it's not the weight of, of how bad the things are. It's the weight of how much I have to do. And like I don't have enough time or energy. How am I ever going to get this done? Like, and so we can so easily get overwhelmed with stuff, with life. And it's common. It's all around us. We could all make a list. I mean, I could ask you today, like, what, what's the thing that's weighing the heaviest on you right now? And you could sit here and go, well, there's, some of you might go, there's this one big thing. A bunch of us go, well, there's, there's these four or five things, right? And we can name them. And I was like, how heavy is it? And for some of you right now, you go, this is pretty heavy. Like, this is right up there. Or the cumulative effect of my list is pretty heavy. But now Paul says in the rest of this passage, what he's saying is because there's this thing inside this jar, this jar of clay would just break. If this is just me, it would just break. I can't do it. Right? But he says, because there's this thing inside of me, he says this beautiful kind of poetic phrase here. He says, he says, we're hard pressed on every side but not crushed. Like, I feel all this pressure, but it, it can't crush me because of this thing on the inside. He said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. We're perplexed. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I wish I knew the right thing to do. I wish I knew what to do. And I'm, I'm a little confused. It's a little chaotic. I'm, a, I'm unsure. But because of this thing inside me, I have hope. I'm not in despair. I haven't given up. I don't know, but I'm not giving up. He says, persecuted, but not abandoned. Sometimes we feel like there are literally enemies. There's someone fighting against me. Someone or something is fighting against me. He says, but I'm not abandoned. I'm not all alone. It's not like everybody's run off and left me. Sometimes you feel that way, but he says, because of what's inside me, I, I'm not alone. And then he said, struck down, but not destroyed. Like, I took a hit. I've taken a hit, and I am on the ground, but I, they haven't totally destroyed me. Now, I don't know if this is encouraging or not. He's like, it sounds like he's getting beat half to death, right? Like, I, like this thing is is about to kill me. But we have these treasures in jars of clay. And then he goes on, what we're going to talk about, it, it, what's changing, what's keeping him from being crushed, what's keeping him from being destroyed, what's keeping him from being in despair, is what he's looking at. So that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about what you're looking at today. And I want to talk to you about what you can look at that can change your perspective on life. Now, all of us have things that are 
troubling and all of us have things that are good and sometimes what happens is we're so focused on the troubling things we can't even see the good things it's as if to give you a demonstration i'm going to take this chair it's as if we sit down in life in the first service i actually picked the chair up now i'm just dragging it across the stage uh, and we look and it's as if the wall is filled with all of the stuff that's going wrong I'm, it's just like thing after thing after thing after thing. And you look at that, and there's so many things that are going wrong. I mean, I can see problems in everything. Can't you? Are there problems at your job? Are there problems in your family? Are there problems with that relationship? Are there problems with your health? Are there problems with, you know... Your time, are there problems in your financial world? Like, there are problems in everything. There's nothing like, you know, it's, when I look at that wall, I see problems everywhere. And that is very discouraging. Very discouraging. Maybe overwhelming. Takes my breath away sometimes. Like, that's a lot of stuff. And I'm a clay jar. I'm a clay jar. And that, is about to break me. You ever feel like that? Listen, newsflash. Everybody in this room feels like that sometimes. Everybody in this room. The world kind of wants you to think that Christian people like have it all together and they're just, you know, you know, it's so good. And so if you don't, something's wrong with you. And here Paul is in this passage saying like, no, 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 no. If, you're, if you think you're strong and you should be strong, like, you're missing out. It's in your weakness that you get to experience his power. And it's okay that you're weak. We all are. It's different stuff on the wall for all of us. But we, every one of us have that wall. But what are we looking at? If I look at that wall all day long, that's a tough life. When I look at the wall, and then I look at, there's a mirror on that wall too, that's a problem. You know what I'm saying? Look at that wall and all my problems, and me, and it's not enough. Paul's saying, you're sitting in the wrong chair. Sometimes we just physically need to do this. You just need to go home. And you need to sit down and look at all the problems. And then you need to get up and you need to switch chairs. You just need to get another chair. And you need to look at the other side of the wall. And look at the good things. Look at the positive things. There's a lot of wonderful things in your life. But I'm not here to teach you a psychological lesson. But it is a psychological thing that helps you. Just look at the positive things. There are wonderful people in your life. There are good relationships in your life. There are good things at your job, good things about your finances, good things about your, your life and your health. There's good things all around you, things that are wonderful. And you can focus on those things, and it's a lot more pleasant to look at that wall than that wall. But, but Paul, in our passage of Scripture today, tells us some very specific things that we need to focus on on this wall. And I want to tell you what they are, okay? The first thing he says to them is to focus on him. And that might seem obvious. Let me tell you what he says. It's in verse 5. We're in chapter 4. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. He says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for, for Jesus' sake. He says, This treasure that I'm talking about, this treasure, this power from God that I'm talking about, I want you to know what I'm preaching to you about. He says, I'm not, talk, I'm not trying to tell you, just listen to me. I got all the answers for you. I'll help you out. He said, no, no, no. What I'm trying to point you to, what I'm trying to get you to focus on is Jesus Christ and who he is and the difference he makes in your life as Lord of your life. Now, now sometimes we, we tend to think, in, in, we make a mistake in church world sometimes because we just think about, well, I I prayed and I asked God to forgive me. And I get that. But the power in dealing with problems, the power of having this treasure inside of me in this jar of clay that really affects my life, is not just that I said, Jesus, will you forgive me? I've made a lot of mistakes. It's in Jesus Christ being the Lord of my life. Jesus Christ being the Lord of my life. Go back to it, Paul. I want to show him this phrase. He says, and he talks about, he uses the word servants. See, when Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life, that, that means there are problems that aren't mine to handle that are His. You know, sometimes in life, at work and stuff like that, people come and they bring problems. I deal with problems all the time. In fact, sometimes you complain because you say, my job, I just ha- handle problem after problem. Well, that's why you have a job, you know. You have a job because somebody has to handle problems and fix things, and that's what you do, okay? So that's what we do. We're kind of running things and handling things, and there are problems, and people are coming, and they have problems, and that's what you're doing. You're trying to be a problem solver. Now, when I'm in charge, when it's all on me, that can be a little tough sometimes. You know, it stops right here, and you're like, ugh. But I want to tell you, sometimes I'm in a position where I'm not in charge, and that is so much more fun. Yeah, you like that one when you pass it on. I can give you an example. There are so many of you that have walked up to me recently and you ask me, Hey, Jim, how are the wedding plans going? I don't know. Why are you asking me? It is not my problem. It's not. If you want to know how the wedding plans are going, who should you ask? Yeah, she's right over there. Go ask her after the service. Ask her how everything's going. I don't know. Nor, no, I don't. I really don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I do care that there are people who are happy. I do care about that. But the specifics of how that happens, I don't really care, okay? So here's the thing. So if somebody comes up to me and they're complaining about some certain aspect about the wedding, you, you with me? Some detail. And they're going, ah, oh, you know, it's this or that. I can go talk to that person, Right? And that's a good feeling. And what Paul is trying to say to us is, I want you to understand something. Part of your issue is you're focused on you and your power and your ability and what you can do, and you're focused on the wrong thing. You're weak, 
You're a jar of clay, but there's a treasure inside you, and it's Jesus Christ. And when He's Lord of your life, there are amazing problems that you go, you're talking to the wrong person. I can't handle this. This is His. Now, please understand me. It's not like you're absolved of all responsibility. When I am a servant to someone who is the Lord, the Lord tells me as his servant things he wants me to do. And it's my responsibility to take care of those things. But there are also things that are way above my pay grade. There always are. When you have supervisors, right? He's the Lord of your life. He says, we're not focusing on us. I'm not preaching you the gospel of ourselves and what we can do. I'm preaching you the gospel of Jesus Christ and what He can do. It's not about what you can do. It's about what He can do. Well, there's this problem out there. There is, but Jesus Christ is bigger than that problem. Jesus Christ is more powerful than that problem. Okay, that's not enough. Let's go a step further. Okay? He says, I want you to focus not on just who Jesus Christ is. I want you to focus on what's inside of you. I want you to focus on the treasure that's inside the clay jar. So let me point you to verse 16 of our passage. He says, therefore, because we have this, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. He's being real honest with us. He's, he's not playing a game like Pollyanna. Everything's just wonderful and hunky-dory. Um, I heard somebody say yesterday, we were in a conversation, they were talking about fake positivity, like where, you, you, where you're forced to feel like you have to be positive all the time. But it's fake. It's not real. And so it's a shell of something, Right? And so it's a shell, it's an outward presentation that everything's fine and inward you're crumbling. Okay, that's a real thing. People do it. If you're doing that, you're making a mistake. That's backwards. Here's the truth. Outward, everything's crumbling. Inward, I'm fine. Inward's where the strength is. Inward is what I have inside of me. Outward, Everything around you is failing. Your house is slowly disintegrating. That's what it's doing. Your vehicle, it will have to be replaced. Somebody just went, I told you we need to replace. Okay. Your body is systematically failing you. Everything around us. You're wasting away. Now that sounds terrible. Sorry. But inwardly, there's something else that can happen inside of me that is renewed every day. Something that grows stronger, more powerful, more at peace. Something inside of me. You say, oh, it's me being as strong and whatever, and it's this thing I'm harnessing inside of me. No, 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 it's not you. It's him. But he says, I'm going to come and plant myself in your life. I mean, there's everything that goes, there's so much stuff that's happening around me, 
and stuff that's happening to me. Now, I want to give a side note. Sometimes I have some control over some of that stuff. It's my decisions and my things that's making some of that stuff happen, and I have to own that. That's my responsibility. But there's a lot of stuff that's happening to me and around me that I have no control over. I, I, can't, I can't do anything about it. I can respond to it, I can, whatever, but like, y'all ever feel like that? You ever feel like, I'm a crazy list person. I'm just, it's insane, you know, I know. But if I didn't have a list, I couldn't get anything done. And, and there are days when there are 12 things on the list, and I look at it and I go, this is going to be a good day. 12 things, I can do 12 things. And there are days when there are 25 things on the list, and I'm going, I'm never going to get all this done, right? And especially when four or five of them are big, and then there's interruptions, and then there's whatever, and now I push 20 things off to tomorrow, and I already had 12 things on tomorrow. Y'all know those days? Oh my gosh. And some of this stuff's so big, and how are we ever going to do? And we just try to run away from them. But he says, we don't lose heart. We don't, because there's something inside of me that's happening. Let me take you back to chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians. He told them this little nugget. He said, now it's God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. That means he went, we made a covenant with each other. If you decided to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you put your trust in him, and you submitted yourself to your Lord of my life, if you made that decision in your life, he says, we made a, a pact together, and I'm your God and you're mine. And I put my ownership on you. And here's how I did it. He said he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That's what a deposit is. My nephew's moving to the area. He got a job in Montgomery. And I helped him kind of look for pointed into the, some apartments and stuff. And so he lined up the apartments. And, and he hasn't moved yet. He's coming soon. And he said, uh, he said Uncle Jim... Will you go by the apartment and pay my deposit for me? And I said, will I get my money back? So I went by the apartment and I paid the deposit and got a receipt. I did get my money back. And uh, that was a deposit. Once the deposit was made, the apartment complex says, okay, this apartment is now reserved for you. It's yours so that when you move here... You have a place, and it's all set up for you. You've passed the background, you've done all the stuff you have to do, and you've made the deposit, right? That's what a deposit is. So the Lord said, let me tell you what I'm going to do. We've made a covenant together, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my spirit inside you as a deposit, as a guarantee for what's coming. I am guaranteeing you. I am promising you What's coming? And so inside of you, inside this clay jar, I know, I know you're weak. I know you deal with a lot of stuff and pressures on you and all that kind of stuff that can, that can seemingly maybe crush you, but it will never crush you because of what's inside of you. You might be confused, there might be chaos all around you, and there's a mess. And that person's making it worse, and that person's making it worse. You're like, oh my gosh, and you want to go into despair and give up hope. He said, but you will never go into despair because of what's inside you. 
And the promise is that for all eternity, you'll be with me and I'll be with you. And my power will be in you. My presence will be in, with you. You will never be alone. And that's a promise. And I sealed it by putting my spirit inside you, that jar of clay. You need to focus on what's inside of you. So when you look at that wall, first of all, you're looking at Jesus Christ in your life. Second of all, you're looking at his spirit inside your heart. No matter what's going on around you, you've got something inside you. Thirdly, then, what he's basically saying is what you need to focus on is eternal things, not earthly things, not temporary things. I'll explain. Let's say a 14-year-old has something going on in their life. They've got a broken heart. Right? You got a broken heart. Now, you're 45, and you know that what right now, you know they're 14, and this is like one of the biggest, worst things that's happening in, in their life. But you're 45, and so you know that that's actually not that big a deal. Even though to them it's a big deal, you know in the big picture it's not that big a deal. They're 13. They try out for the cheerleading squad. They don't make it. And they're devastated. You know, but you're 38, and you know it's going to be fine. It's middle school cheerleading. It's going to be good. Now, to them, it's a big deal. But because you know a bigger picture of things, you know that in your life right now, it didn't even matter if you were a middle school cheerleader or not. I wasn't, and I'm fine. Some of you thought, well, maybe he was. No. So what Paul is saying in the big picture of things, here's what you need to understand. You are 45, and you're dealing with some big stuff. Stuff with your parents, stuff at work, stuff with your kids, stuff with life, stuff with yourself, stuff with your marriage. You're dealing with stuff, and it's big. And you feel... It's a lot. And this is what Paul says about it in verse 17. He says, for our light and momentary troubles. You know? He's not saying they're light and momentary because they feel light and momentary. He's talking about stuff that feels like it's crushing us. But he says... From an eternal perspective, with somebody who can see a bigger picture, they would look at what you're looking at and saying, this is heavy. And he's going, it's light. This is just carrying on forever and needs to get resolved. He said, it's temporary. It's momentary. It'll be over. It'll end. You'll move on. It's like you would talk to a 14-year-old. It'll be over. You'll move on. It'll be okay. And I promise you, when you're 24, you won't be thinking about that. You'll have dealt with it. It'll be good. You'll be fine. Right? It's going to be fine. All right? That's what Paul's saying to you right now. You. And your list of the things that are heavy right now. He even used a term that he's talking about heavy things. 
our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. There's something heavier. And it's so heavy, this is light. If you put them on a scale, this will go, and this will go. This huge problem that you think weighs so much, when we put the eternal and the bigger picture on it, it just, it's not that big a deal. It's going to be okay. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. I need to explain something to you. I know it's bad. It is. But what he's saying is, it can't crush you because what's inside of you. The jar is clay and unbelievably fragile. But what's inside of me and who is inside of me has power. And I have peace. So every morning, I look at that list. I do, every morning. I get my list out and I look at everything that's on the list. And I go, you know, and I arrange it. I put it in order. I'm going to do this first and then this and then this. I put it all together. And then I push the list aside. And I, I turn away from that. And I turn to this. And I look at him. And I realize that that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can't lose. What do you mean you can't lose? I can't lose. Whatever I might lose is temporary. There's an eternity for them out there for me. I have him and his power in my life. And even if I die in this thing, where am I going? I mean, do I really believe that that's all better than this? Oh, I do. I do. And when I look at that, it gives me peace. And I take that peace, and then I turn around, and I tackle that. The best I can, but in His power. So there's some people here today, and I'm t- you know, you... You, be, you need to get another chair today. That's what I'm offering you. Get another chair. Quit looking at that. And look at this. At what the Lord wants for you. What He's offering you today. So I want to pray for you. We're, we're about to sing a song. About the goodness of God. It's an interesting song. Because when we sing of His goodness... You think, like, see all the good things he's done for me? Look, see the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. God is so good. And there's some songs like that, and they're awesome. This is what this song says. It says, oh, the goodness of God. He doesn't fail me. His mercy when I need it most. The goodness of God. When I'm in the fire, he's with me. When it's the darkest place I've ever been, he's with me. He's so good.
I talked to a fellow this week. I talked to a friend, and he was telling me what a bind he was in, what a situation. It was kind of one of those things. He said, I signed up for something 20 years ago, and now it's 20 years later, and I didn't realize what I was signing up for. I said, God knows what you are signing up for. He knew. And, and this song talks about being in the fire. And, and he mentioned to me, you know, there's a story in the Old Testament about these guys that were thrown in a fire, and they were fine in the fire. We always think when they, you think sometimes when, they, when the Lord, when they got out of the fire, they were rescued. You need to understand they were rescued while they were still in the fire. They were in the fire. Jesus was in the fire with them, and they were good. They were fine in the fire. The evil king had to beg them to come out. Can y'all come out? I want to talk to y'all. <laughs> I mean, in that respect, you'd rather stay in the fire. Why well, don't I want to come out and talk to you? I'm in here with Jesus, right? Sometimes being in the fire with Jesus is the better place to be. I know it doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem like it. But sometimes you're exactly where you need to be. And you can have peace in the fire because God is good. Not because he just rescues you from it, but because he's there with you. And he empowers you, you fragile clay jar, with the treasure that's inside of you. That's bigger than anything outside. So let me pray for you this morning. Dear Lord, I pray for the person who's sitting here this morning overwhelmed by the things of this world. I pray that right now they'll just look at you and know how good you are and how strong you are and how we're in this moment and you're with us. And that we don't need to be crushed or destroyed. We will never be because of who you are. So Lord, let us sing of your goodness this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.